the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, hello, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and I want to welcome you to a brand new video series with uh, Mel. And as always, if we mention our uh, brother Mel, that means we're talking about historical criticism of something related to Islam. This time, it is uh, the Dome of the Rock, actually, which is a very uh, popular uh, site uh, uh, in uh, basically in the Middle East. Muslims, um, of course, uh, you know, try to make a claim to it. Uh, because it's associated to the uh, act of or the event of Isra and Mi'raj, meaning the uh, uh, the fact that Muhammad was taken from Mecca to allegedly uh, modern-day Al-Quds or uh, Jerusalem to that particular site and then ascended from there to heaven. Now, if you want to believe that story, obviously, uh, we are going to show you that there are so many problems with that in the first place. But all that to say is that today and in a... Uh, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, videos that will follow uh, in this particular uh, video series and these parts that we will be addressing, we are going to focus more on the inscriptions that are found inside of the Dome of the Rock area. And we are going to, of course, let Mel unpack all of that for us. Uh, we don't know really how long it might take. It could be four, five, or six different videos under this series. So we'll see where we will end up, but that's primarily the focus here. Now, of course, I want to invite uh, to our studios virtually, virtually, Mel, but believe it or not, we somehow we were able to manage to bring him right here to be seated next to me. I don't know how that happened, but uh, apparently technology can make miracles. Mel, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we're excited, really, to have you virtually. It's kind of scary to know that you're sitting next to me, even though you're not next to me right now. It's great to be in the studio, finally, even if it is virtually. Amen. So why don't you give people a, a quick overview? What is it that we are going to cover in this particular video series? Yeah, so I, I suppose the key thing is the inscriptions, the, the key inscriptions which are um, on the arcade inside the Dome of the Rock. They are 20 meters long. They're very important for Islam. Without those inscriptions, Islam would have a much harder case to make for the fact that it came from the 7th century um, and it buttresses the entire standard Islamic narrative. A.J. Juice brought out a paper in February. He sent it to me um, actually the day before it was officially published. And in it, he argues that the inscriptions couldn't be from the 7th century. And I've heard similar argument, arguments before, and I wasn't particularly convinced by those arguments, but um, A.J. Juice 
uh, makes the argument that it isn't just a few decades later or even a, a few centuries later, but way later. I won't let you know at this stage. I'd like to keep a bit of a surprise. But obviously, that's a huge um, difference to what we've been told up to now, and it has huge implications. Um, without that inscription, which basically says that Abdul al-Malik built the Dome of the Rock, um, an awful lot of what we know about Islam hinges around that, um, what we thought was a verified piece of uh, data. Um, so it's, it, it's a bit of, uh, of a bombshell, really. Um, and uh, even though it's kind of inconvenient in some respects because the, the rock inscription is very helpful in understanding early Islam, but if it's not really from the 7th century, then we need to kind of look again and, uh, and see, well, when did Islam really begin? So that's essentially my overview. Wonderful. Into it. And thank you. So this is based on an academic research that was done by A.G. Deuce. And do you think uh, upon publication, is it peer-reviewed already? Uh, because sometimes people ask these kind of questions. I just want to give you the opportunity to address that. And even if it's not a peer-reviewed, at least it is published for people to go and read it. Um, yeah, I can't tell you whether it's peer-reviewed at, at this moment in time. I, pre- I presume it's, it's been peer-reviewed after publication. Right. Um, I'm not sure to what extent it was peer-reviewed prior but, to this. But the point is someone took the time and willing to at least put their name out there in an article that is being published and accessible to people right now. And our job, of course, is to bring it to the forefront. And uh, I don't think you and I are making any definitive assertion because if tomorrow yeah. someone can come up with a new discovery, we welcome that. We would like to explore it. But for now, it seems like based on everything that we've uncovered so far, Mel, you and I, Everything leads to a later development, later development. And that's the theme that we are discovering so far. So please go yeah. ahead in this particular uh, opener uh, of the series. Uh, what would you like to share with us? Okay, so um, I'm just going to show you my slides. For those who want to follow up on what I'm covering with you today, um, here are the, my different channels where you can have a look at. Um, so the papers. A.J. Juice's paper is called The Jewish Serpent King in the Dome of the Rock. It was published in February. Um, in this part, I'm going to be looking at the question of, is A.J. Juice's paper credible? My exposition of A.J.'s paper is provisional. And this is really what you were saying just a moment ago. Um, it's also hypothetical and is subject to further examination. So this is not me being categorical. I am persuaded by many of these arguments, um, but... You know, bear that in mind. This is the beginning of a debate, um, but it has huge implications if it turns out that it is true. So his central thesis is the Dome of the Rock inscriptions are not from the 7th century, but the 16th century at the earliest. Thomas Alexander, who's one of the sin sifters, will be making a robust critique of it in due course, and I wait his review. Um, so this is not the final word by any means. If the inscriptions really are from the 7th century, then they provide useful data from which to argue either that they are anti-Trinitarian polemics addressed to a Christian audience, which is Thomas Alexander's position, or a more subtle argument addressed to a Jewish audience, which is what Red Judaism would argue. If A.J. Juice is correct and the inscriptions are 16th century, then they are either acts of fraud or deception if intended to mislead as to their antiquity, or simply address a contemporary concern in the 16th century 
and have been misconstrued. So I would take the line that I, I believe that these were misconstrued as being from the 7th century um, because there are a lot of elements within the Dome of the Rock which can only have been from the 16th century. For example, there are inscriptions to do with Suleiman in the 16th century uh, at the same time as there was a lot of work going on in the interior of the Dome of the Rock in the 16th century. So it is possible that um, people have come along later and assumed looking at the inscriptions that they must be from the 7th century when it was never intended to be taken that way. Now, um, my position is that it is extremely unlikely that the inscriptions could have come down to us in pristine condition, considering multiple earthquakes over the centuries and fires that burned down the roof of the Dome of the Rock. Now, if you compare the picture on the left with the picture on the right, I think it would be fair to say that the picture on the left looks far better than the picture on the right. It looks a lot newer. Um, There are no defects whatsoever on the left, but the one on the right looks faded, jaded. There's pieces um, that have been damaged over the centuries. But the image on the right is from the Cordoba Mosque. And as you can see, it's from the mid 10th century. So if what's on the left is from the 7th century, the one on the right is three centuries younger And yet it looks way older than the one on the left. Um, I think just visually there, I think that's a good indicator that there's something amiss. Coupled with that, there is simply no mention of these inscriptions before the 16th century, despite there being Arab Christians living in Jerusalem that could easily have reported on them. And I've yet to find any early mention of these inscriptions. Um, Obviously, if one is found, that would debunk A.J. Deuce's case. But it's amazing that for um, the guts of nine centuries, no one, and I mean no one, reported about the specific inscriptions on the 20-meter section inside the arcade. So let me ask a question then, uh, you know, Mel. If we are talking about the inscriptions that at least uh, talk about Jesus, uh, if you wish, and if indeed A.J. Deuce, is cor- uh, Deuce, I should say, is correct that it was 16th century, this is very damaging even to the Qiraat because in there, there is a variant text reading compared to what we have in the Hafs reading. That tells me that uh, this particular variant reading that does not coincide with Hafs, for instance, continued on up until the time of the inscription in the 16th century, if indeed that's the dating. Yes, if, if, if that is the case, and it might be part of the reason why the Hafs was chosen, because they wouldn't have wanted it to match perfectly. They wouldn't have wanted it to look like a manuscript from the 16th century, so they would have had to use a different one. That's, that's one possible idea that has occurred to me when I thought about that. Yeah. Um, so it's hugely damaging. Um, it's, it's very hard to believe that no one would have mentioned this until the 16th century. We've all assumed, because we're used to hearing this is from the 7th century, that there must be testimonies to this all through the centuries, but there's nothing there. And because of the material, it's very juicy material when you think about it, you'd expect someone to talk about it. There should be debates about it. There should be back and forth between Christians and Muslims about the content of this. But we don't see any mention of that That's until the 16th century. Yeah. Um, and the, so in the next the maybe couple bit. of minutes, uh, what would you like to cover here to uh, set it up for the next one? Okay. So um, 
I was just going to finish that. Lastly, the Crusaders had control over the Temple Mount for two centuries, so had every chance and reason to destroy any inscriptions um, dedicated to Muhammad. Um, I'm going to um, be talking about um, the fact that there, there was no way that the um, the inscriptions would have survived the the period of the Crusaders because of the fact that the Pope was very much against keeping a memorial to Muhammad, as we'll see in um, the next episode. Um, and the fact that the, the Crusaders had a lot of uh, animosity towards Muslims in, in that period, and they had control of the Temple Mount, it's, it, it stands to reason that they would have destroyed the inscriptions had they existed at that time. So that's what I'm going to be looking at in the next episode. That's an excellent point. Thank you so much and a good way to end this uh, opening uh, video of this series. Again, we're talking about the inscriptions at the Dome of the Rock and the possibility that they actually date much later than 7th century. And it's based on a research done by uh, someone by the name of A.G. Deuce, which we are making a reference to his own writings and conclusions as well. And, of course, uh, we want to thank Mel uh, for unpacking all of that for us. Until we meet uh, again in the next one, next episode of this series, this is Al-Fadi. God bless you. Take care. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Let Us Reason with Al-Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for CIRA International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to sirainternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ. Now, back to Let Us Reason. Hello, everyone. This is Al-Fadi, and I want to welcome you back to a continuation of this new series that we're doing with Mel on the Dome of the Rock inscriptions. And we were asking the fundamental question, are they a 7th century inscription or are the 16th century inscription? The reason why we're bringing up the 16th century is based on a recently published article by A.G. Deuce, who makes the claim or at least the uh, conclusion that based on a number of factors, he believes those inscriptions are a later inscriptions, meaning in the 16th century. And we uh, laid out some of the uh, overview facts for you last time. And today we will continue to unpack more information related to that with me here virtually, literally, virtually, uh, our uh, friend Mel, who is sitting right there, but he's not here. He's right there, but he's not here. Mel, welcome back to the studio. Great to be back and uh, looking forward to unpacking some more with you. Amen. So what would you like to tell us today? Okay, so um, I'd like the audience just to imagine that the crusaders are in control of the temple mount and there's meant to be a 20 meter inscription and they don't touch it they leave it be because they're very tolerant just like people are today very tolerant um but if you ask most muslims today were the crusaders tolerant that would probably be the last word they think of and, and here's um some evidence um in relation to this now part of this evidence might suggest that the the Crusaders were a little bit tolerant because what they did in the um, the 12th century is they minted coins that imitated Arabic coins. And there was a good reason for that, which was the Arabs wouldn't use them if they didn't have um, 
an inscription with Muhammad on it. So just for convenience, they, they copy those coins. So um, if you look at the slide that I have here, this is uh, from the Crusader Kingdom of Jerusalem, um, 1148 to 1187. It had the following inscriptions. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah who sent him with guidance and the religion of truth that he might make it supreme over all religions, although the polytheists disliked it. Straight out of Quran uh, 933. Um, and then there, on the other ring, there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet. So that could be used as an argument for saying that, okay, they probably would have left the inscriptions in the Dome of the Rock. However, the Crusaders were threatened with excommunication um, if they tolerated coins with Muhammad's name on it. And there's a little bit of a, a story around that. In the spring of 1250, Odo of Chateauroux from the court of Louis IX of France was scandalized by the idea that the Franks were minting coins professing Muslim faith and the name of Muhammad and dated from the birth of Muhammad. He wrote to Pope Innocent IV to inform him and stopped immediately the issuance of Arabic coins. Why was he not even more scandalized by a 20-meter inscription in the Dome of the Rock unless it didn't exist? So he doesn't make any reference to this 20-meter inscription, had it exist. He, he's aware of the coins, but he, I would have thought a 20-meter inscription would have been even more of a big deal. Now, in 12... 53, a letter arrived in Syria from Pope Innocent. He forbade the practice of minting coins with the name of Muhammad and with the date based on, on his birth, or perhaps it might be the Hijra, but this is the source I got it from. Excommunication was the consequence for violations. This is what he said in Latin. I won't leave that too long. Let's hear what he said in English. We therefore maintain that it is not only undignified, but indeed abominable to commit in this way to solemn memory this blasphemous name. And we mandate by our authority that this sentence, which is excommunication, be imposed strictly observed without option of appeal. So I would argue, considering that's the context, that they, the crusaders not only would have stopped minting the coins, which they did, if the inscription had existed, they would have removed it because this could potentially be um, breaching what the Pope said, maybe not in the letter of the law, but at least certainly in the spirit of the law. And given that the Catholic Crusaders would have been fearful of committing a grave sin and incurring excommunication, it is highly likely that had a 20-meter inscription that mentions Muhammad existed in the Dome of the Rock, it would have been destroyed, given that it was in principle the same or worse. Yep. So I mean, it back to you. So, Mill, I don't want to jump ahead of myself here, but are you insinuating, or is A.J. Deuce insinuating that it was the Ottomans who were behind this? Yes, uh, pretty much. Um, and the the context of this is quite fascinating. There was a guy called Molo Capis um, who lived in the 16th century. He was another Messianic figure. Um, I believe he was Jewish, and he was living in Constantinople, and there were a lot of Christians who were converting to Islam. And he thought, looking at the Quran, that Jesus appears to be greater than Muhammad. If you look at the Quran, actually, without the standard Islamic narrative, that's the only conclusion that you could draw. Muhammad is less important than Jesus. And so, logically, he made a very strong theological argument. And that would have been um, very helpful in encouraging 
Christians to convert to Islam as well. Yeah, and what AJ Juice. Yeah, I'm sorry. What AJ Juice. Sorry, um, what AJ Juice argues is that the inscription is a response that argues against that to try and um, basically equate Muhammad with Jesus rather than having Jesus above Muhammad. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and again, I mean, uh, the argument that you uh, or A.J. Deuce is making uh, that the uh, Crusaders wouldn't have tolerated something like that is it, very strong. I, I can see that. You know, why, why would they not tolerate a coin, but yet tolerate something that will be right there in your face all the time? They could have burned it, at least if it was there. Yeah. And uh, apparently they also held uh, Christian services in the Dome of the Rock while they were there. I can't imagine... Um, if they held a mass there, that they would accept a blasphemous name from their point of view on the wall in the same place where they would hold a Christian service. So I think that's not very credible. Um, Thomas Alexander, uh, who's one of the sin sifters, is going to um, produce uh, a challenge to this thesis. And I think this is great. I think this is a good, healthy debate that we're having. And it would be interesting to hear what he has to say on this matter. And uh, hopefully we we find actually which is the case. Is this from the 7th century or, or the 16th century? Wonderful, wonderful. Looking forward to also hearing about that. Maybe you and I can unpack uh, Thomas Alexander's at least refutation of this. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that will come at a later stage, certainly, yeah. Very good. So please continue. Um, so I, I would argue that A.J. Juice is a very strong case for um, suggesting that this um, has come from a much later period, um, 16th century. Um, in further episodes, what we're going to be looking at is the idea that actually the Dome of the Rock wasn't the same building all the way through. It was um, quite late in being built, um, and it, it suffered earthquakes, it suffered fires. And so even if there had been an inscription, it had to get through all of those different incidents without a scratch, Um, We saw in the last episode two images side by side, one from Cordoba, which has lots of damage to it. And yet the one from the Dome of the Rock is in pristine condition, which is highly unlikely considering that the roof of the Dome of the Rock was burnt to the ground and the arcade is directly underneath. It's hard to believe that all of that lovely mosaic work would have just miraculously survived. So, I think there are other really compelling arguments for his case that the the inscriptions are really late and the fact that they're in good condition is just a further sign that they are relatively young and not as old as we thought they were. So that's all for me from this episode. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, thank you, of course, for doing this. Uh, Let's give people here a glimpse of what is to come in the next maybe minute or so. Okay, so... um, so in the next episode, um, I'm going to be looking at when was the very first mention of the Dome of the Rock? Um, and it might surprise you that it doesn't get mentioned in the 7th century. It doesn't get mentioned even in the 8th century. It is in the latter end of the 9th century, we get the first verifiable mention of the Dome of the Rock. And it's not even the same uh, style of building as we have today. So that's our very earliest mention from an, an eyewitness account. Um, and so that reinforces the idea that it's very unlikely that these inscriptions are from the 7th century. So that's what's coming up next episode. 
and then moving forward beyond that also, because we still have a few more uh, you know, uh, seconds left, uh, moving forward from there, what is the trajectory that we're going to take to prove what? To prove that AJ is correct, or are we still just kind of like presenting his findings and we're leaving the door open? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very persuaded by um, his case. It's As I say, I can't say categorically that it is 100% guaranteed to be correct because a lot of his evidence I'm, I'm taking on face value. And obviously, all of, if all of his sources checks out, if every little detail is correct, if he hasn't distorted anything. So it depends on a lot of those sort of factors. Um, but what, where this leads to is not only is the first inscription from the 16th century, but there is coming up later the suggestion that the very first suggestion of who built the Dome of the Rock in, in the form of an inscription was Umar. And that at a later stage, um, they changed it to Abdul al-Malik or Abdul malik And then, and then later, and then al-Mamun. So it actually went through three versions, not just two. Um, so this is the, the, um, the hidden um, story. And there's a lot of... Um, evidence to back that case up so it's going to be very interesting to see how it all hands out very good well thank you mel and uh hopefully everyone is enjoying this series as always of course uh, mel brings the uh, the latest and the greatest uh, to our attention we're always thankful for his research thank you again everyone for watching this until next time have a blessed day Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.